What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Nita. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. Just a couple of artsy bitches learning about (laughs) what makes art good and how to talk about it and what's going on. Today we actually have a special guest with us, our editor, Cameron! Cameron! Hi! I'm Cameron. I'm Cameron <laughs> Fry. And I am the editor of this podcast. But now I'm on Cute. the podcast because they requested it. It's meta. It's meta. I'm going to have to edit it later and I'm going to really freak out. Anyways. It's going to be so sexy. Let's start off with something we're snacking on. What are you snacking on, Nita? <laughs> I, okay, this is like sad. This is a sad snack. So Netflix canceled Patriot Act. So I have been truly, yeah, I've been so sad. You know, it could just be that, like, Hassan, like, I hope so, that he, like, has a cool deal somewhere else and then had to, like, stop the show. But it feels like weird timing because of the election coming up. And it feels like some higher up at Netflix or something was just, like, mad that Hassan was, like, going after too many people like he did an episode on justin trudeau and like said some like really important things that i think we all should have heard but i i don't know like it just makes me sad um so i'm just re-watching all of patriot act and getting real sad but also i feel very blessed to have seen him at carnegie hall uh performing stand-up and to have seen two rehearsals of patriot act and i just need to say that like watching him was like a master class in production and direction and like just owning a room like he was so good and I love him and I hope that his career thrives and I think it will it just makes me sad because like you and I both love John Oliver and I feel like it was just like Hassan and John Oliver like doing the good work yeah yeah and I think that like John is like very fortunate to have like a distancing effect because he's british and a white dude so he can like talk about these things and it's like less controversial i think um he can kind of just like get straight to the like let's talk about this versus like his like hassan's show is literally called patriot act which is like the most badass thing he did do that he did do that if you told my little baby self that a brown man would have a show called patriot act i would have not believed you but like I don't know, I'm just, like, sad, and it's weird timing, and it feels weird. Tinfoil hat on, like, someone fired him because he was was being too, he was being too good. Gaia, what are you snacking on? What am I snacking on? Um, well, I've been mostly snacking on naps. (laughs) I live on a farm right now. Uh, (laughs) Have we mentioned that? I live on a farm right now. You've mentioned it so many times. (laughs) That's what that's all that's happening in my life right now. Take a um, shot every time Gaia mentions Gaia that, mentions that I live on a farm. Black I'm on a girl. farm. And I've been like we've been like digging holes for like a week and suffering. But it's peach season, so I've been literally snacking on some peaches. Like I literally go up to a tree and eat and like pick a peach off a tree and then put it in my mouth. Yo, I is love Call snack? Me. I love Call Me by Your Name. So it's, I love um, <laughs> I love Parasite. Shut the fuck up! Like, <laughs> like which Speech. peach film are we? Yeah, which reference? which peach film? James oh my and the god. Giant Peach. <laughs> Keep that <Yeah>. scammers. <laughs> oh my god, these tags! <gasps> oh my god, um, I can't. But I've also been I've been making playlists for um for all sorts of occasions. I guess this is my real snack. So I made a pegging playlist. Oh! Um, 
for people who get pegged and for people who peg. And then I made a simp playlist, and now I'm making playlists for all my friends. So get ready, everyone. It's homoerotic. Okay, it is hilarious that you made a pegging playlist because i have a google doc that i made with my friend Alyssa, and we have gone through each like franchise and decided like which characters get pegged and which characters peg and what characters are into and so far we've done austin jane austen characters we did harry potter because you and i did harry potter on the podcast we did star wars and we did shakespeare characters all shakespeare all of them all of the men so every far. man all almost of every man except like ones that are like like barely in it what like 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 all of them i'll send you the doc send me the doc cameron do you have any snacks cameron what are your snacks well that's the thing like i didn't prepare a snack beforehand but i would say what i've been snacking on a lot recently has just been like canada's drag race because it's iconic okay. and i've been watching it all and the judging is absolutely horrific and hilarious to watch. <laughs> um, Jeffrey Boria Chapman does not deserve to be on that judging panel. He has no credentials to judge these queens, and he's acting like he's the king of everything, but it's okay. Also, his oh makeup is progressively getting like more and more elaborate, and it's, it's hard to watch. I, I would, oh I would put it. Also, Brooklyn is fucking mean. But overall, <laughs> this show has been really entertaining, and it's Jimbo's drag race at this point. Like He's going to win. Wow. This is chaos. If you've I'm seen stressed. the show, you know. If you don't know, then now you, you know. know. You know. Oh, <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, we're Hamilton fans. Uh, uh, are we Hamilton We're past stands? that point of the podcast. We are. Y'all. You know yeah. what? We've evolved. The joke was that we're not Hamilton stands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we keep saying like in our group chats, like, we stand this person. And I'm like, do we, though? No. Um, we don't stand anyone. We don't, We're I don't standing really is dangerous. Okay, actually, I do stand Hasan Minaj. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I stand Hasan Minaj. I stand the lesbians whose farm I'm staying on. Yes. Farm reference. Take a shot. Take a shot. Let's get into this. Uh, our episodes are made up of four parts. Bitch what? An introduction to what we're talking about. Bitch how? A technical rundown of the thing succeeds and fails as a piece of art. Bitch time. Three minutes of our unintelligent, unfiltered, uncritical feelings. And finally, bitch, bitch why? A sum up of the implications and why all of it matters. And the bitch meter, which is our diversity score meter, but this week we're not going to be doing it. I think, okay, well, this week we're not going to be doing a lot of this. We're just going to talk. This episode is two weeks in the making. So our, our topic today is Miss Taylor Swift, Miss Americana herself. And we realized that, like, we probably can't do a bitch meter for a human being. Um... And it, that, like, just doesn't make sense. Also, there is just so much around Taylor Swift that our structure just doesn't work for her. But you know what? It's good for us to know in the future because I think that our structure doesn't really work for, like, individual people. So that is good to know. This is the first and last human we will ever cover. I think you can't cover folklore, which is the, the newest thing she's made, without, like, covering all of Taylor. The context is so specific to like everything she's been through yeah so i'll give us a little timeline of miss swift's career and love life unfortunately because like you have to and then we'll just like talk this is roundtable time we've brought cameron on this is like a real casual episode with three it's round it's round it's, it's triangular it's a triangular instead of a dialogue we have now entered group ensemble Ooh. yes oh all right 
How did, Gaia, how did you get into Taylor Swift or learn about Taylor Swift? Well, I'm glad you asked. Mm. As a child, I was a Taylor Swift stan. Um, like, in preparation, I listened to all of Taylor's work, except for parts of Lover, which is sad because I've heard Lover's pretty good and I was kind of okay with it. But basically, I, as a child, I was a Taylor Swift stan and listening to all the OG Taylor Swift albums really, like, brought me back. Like, I was catapulted into 2008 and I'm reading Twilight for um, an upcoming, Ooh, upcoming sneak, episode. Sneak. So, so I was truly listening to, like, what is it, Speak Now? Is Speak Now, like, 2011? And I was like, is this what the heterosexuals felt in 2011? Is this what it meant to be heterosexual in 2011? Taylor Swift is the definition of heterosexuality. What's the, what's the album where she's tossing, tossing her hair? That's Fearless. Fearless? Fearless was my mom's breakup album, and that's, <gasps> that's all I have to say about my relationship with Taylor Swift. <laughs> ah, Nita, how did you come into contact with Taylor Swift? God, it sounds like a disease. I know. Uh, I think it was fifth grade. Must have been around fifth grade. Her self-titled album, her first album was out. I was unfortunate enough to only have white friends at the time. I was just surrounded by white young girls and we just all like would listen to Taylor Swift. And I remember this like very specific birthday party I went to. It was like Taylor Swift themed and we were all like in the car. We were all like in a minivan as you are on like a group birthday party. And we were listening to Tim McGraw. Like the song Tim McGraw. And I was like, I just casually think of me. I casually mentioned, like, I love this song, but I don't know who Tim McGraw is because I'm brown and I don't listen to country music. And I was uh, 10, so I didn't know who Tim McGraw was. And they truly, like, brutally clowned me for the rest of the day. I didn't know who Tim McGraw was until, like, today. They were like, you don't know who Tim McGraw is? You're not a real country fan. And I was like, and I cried, but I also was like, I'm not a country fan, though. Like, You want to be a no, real I, country no, fan? No, I cried because like, they were mean to me. I cried, like, I have, like, yeah, weird yeah. Taylor Swift, not trauma, but they just really were like. I think we all have a little Taylor Swift trauma here today. TST. Taylor Swift has always been in the same place for me as, like, a Twilight, where I was like, I love this, I hate this, I love this, I hate this. Now I think I'm, like, neutral on it. Actually, I do love Twilight now, though, but, but like, this, like, back and forth because of what either, like, the media was saying about her or, like, my personal feelings about her. Um, I had, like, a resurgence into Taylor Swift in high school after a breakup. I listened to, like, 1989 on repeat. And I will admit that I did listen to Welcome to New York before I moved to NYU, which That's is like cute. so gross. That's cute. Classic. Classic. I had, I had a New York playlist and Welcome to New York was the first song. Oh my song. God, I feel like though. I'm the only person uh, who didn't have a New York playlist. Dude, I was walking around Washington Square Park listening to my jams like, I'm living the life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hadn't even heard New York, I Love You, But You're Bringing Me Down until like second semester. So I was like Oh, because of Adeline. Yeah, but that's a yeah. great, that's a banger. That is a banger. I listen to that song before I leave New York every time. It's so good. I listen to it on the subway out. You have to. You have to. You have to. Um, it's a vibe. It is a vibe. So, yeah, I had a little resurgence there. 1989 is pretty fun. Um, and now, and now, and now, here we are. Cameron, how did you get into Taylor Swift? All right. Um, so I definitely got into Taylor Swift when it was in elementary school mm-hmm. because... I don't know exactly the first song I heard by her. I just know that my memories started forming and I was listening to her music. Like, I enjoyed Mean a lot. And I remember watching the music video for You Belong With Me <laughs> and, like, 
not understanding, but like also like so confused because I was like, that man is hot. <laughs> so confused. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Am I T-Swift? <laughs> um, one of my friends that I grew up with was like obsessed with Taylor Swift and she like wrote her own songs, wanted to be her. And I was like, okay, you, you do that. Um, but other than that, I just kind of listened to her music as I went up. I was never a T-Swift stan. Like, I was definitely more of pop and not country. Yeah. So I texted um a friend of mine because okay, as as I've been moving here, people are unironically country stands because oh, like God. So I I was talking to one of my friends who I met here and I was like, "Yo, like is Taylor Swift considered country? Was she ever considered country and at what point did she stop being country?" And he was like, yo, like, I am not here to police people's music taste. Like, I think genre is subjective, and I don't think, like, we are here to, like, shut that sort of shit down. But he was, like, Taylor Swift's music lacks a lot of the characteristics of country that, like, define it as a genre. Yes. And I think, so yes. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'd call Taylor Swift country music. I think people associate her with country music just because of how lyrical she is and how she relies on the words of her melody. Like, her melodies are overall pretty simple, and so are the chords. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the country vibe, where it's like you just make this song off of these basic chords. Yeah, and, have, and like, she's also just like behind it. a country gal. We should at some so point like, talk about, like, how country changed from being, like, an interesting and progressive genre to talk about, like, poverty and shit to being, yo, like, a, like, all we hail. should. It's the racism. Well, I was, I've been thinking a lot. So basically yesterday, um, I called Nita and I was like, I'm having a breakdown. We can't talk about Taylor Swift. Like, I can't <laughs> talk about Taylor Swift. Um, what? I truly had like a multiple hour breakdown about Taylor Swift. And I was like, why is Taylor Swift, like, why can't I talk about Taylor Swift? Why can't I think about her? She's so like, like she, she's someone who I've like really, I think, forcibly pushed out of my psyche, like on mm, purpose. I wish and I like could specifically do that. been like, I don't want to know things about Taylor Swift. I don't want to listen to her music. I, I just am gonna forcibly like remove myself from the equation. And I think part of it is because I think Taylor Swift has had a huge role in defining like what femininity is, and mm. like. W the way like women interact with each other and like specifically like what is the classic experience of being a girl and so like as like a trans person I have a really complicated relationship with like being a kid growing up listening to Taylor Swift and like like you know bopping along to like love story um but then like growing up and like not wanting to occupy a feminine space not knowing how to occupy a feminine space and like Taylor Swift is kind of like the Taylor Swift kind of, like, has defined, like, what classic womanhood is through her music and through her public persona, mm -hmm. and it's kind of, like, it's kind of, like, intense to think about, especially, yeah. like, you can even see, like, waves of feminism in the way, in, like, her music, like, even if yeah. you don't look at her, like, publicity ups and downs, you can look at her albums and think, like, Taylor Swift, the first album, like, is a lot about like putting other women down and mm -hmm. and there's like a lot of like teenage girlness better and than then, revenge better than revenge but then like yeah. as her as her albums move on there's like more about like lifting women up and like empowerment but it's still this like very like 2015 very like cishet white woman like brand of feminism i do think it's mostly like white 
womanhood and white that's femininity. That's what I meant. Yeah. No, I know that's what you meant, but I wanted to say for the for the listeners at home. Um, for the people at home. The people when at I home, say femininity, I mean femininity for white women. Cis white for women. white women. So I think there's there's something. She she has a lot of power and like her music and her persona, I think all of us coming in like joking that we have Taylor Swift trauma, like we have T we have P T T S D post Taylor Swift stress Swift. disorder. Oh my god. Um <sighs> It's because I think for all of us, like we all kind of occupy different spaces in terms of like where we are on like on in terms of not being cis hetero white women. And for some reason, talking about Taylor Swift managed to hit on mm. one on a way that each of us are disenfranchised <gasps> from traditional media. Yeah, talking yeah, about geez. Taylor Swift, I think I had my breakdown earlier <laughs> than you did. But yeah, my breakdown was yeah. yesterday. It's still going on, but I've decided to just read some Taylor Swift fan fiction and calm down. Um, oh my god. But I think what you're pointing at, which is so, so funny, is like, I've been reading, I, god, don't, y'all, please don't read about Taylor Swift for 12 hours straight. Like, it will rot your brain, um, which is what I did. And, um, Taylor Swift's music video, The Man, which is like, the song is catchy, but the lyrics are so, like, white feminism to me. In the music video, she... She is, like, in prosthetics. She's literally, like, a man. And, like, there's conversations. Cameron and I were talking about this last night about whether or not it's, like, counts as drag. Um, And some people are yeah. saying, like, it, like, plays into, like, stereotypical toxic masculine traits, which is sometimes the point of drag. And then other people who are drag kings are saying, like, the point is not to emulate a man specifically or, like, try to exactly be like a man so it's not drag. There's just a lot a- about that. Um, and we can People talk just about think that. that she's acting. It's not drag. Yeah, it's more like in the vein of what like Eddie Redmayne did for the Danish girl. Than, like, he apologized than, like, for that. Oh no no no! Yeah, we're not. I'm not mad at him. But like the 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 act yeah. of like an actor putting on a thing and being like I'm a different gender, which is like another thing. But people oh are, like, there's a lot of stuff about drag oh and in this music video. One opinion I read was someone being like. The conversation in the man is all about feminism and the voices that are loudest in this area of act- activism are white women. And so she's like using her privilege to speak on things that all white women center their movements on. Like of all the things Taylor could have put in the limelight of this music video, she puts man spreading, peeing on walls and like all these things we like already know to like make a profit. Like it's not saying anything new. And this person was like, I just wish we held her to a different standard that we hold a lot of mainstream artists to and like she has access to she has access to so many other resources so it's like even in the confines of a music video like why can't you do more taylor swift is the hillary clinton of um, (laughs) pop musicians cameron and i last night were talking about beyonce and homecoming and like all of the work that you see on display in homecoming like and I hate to, like, keep pitting Beyonce against Taylor Swift. And that's, like, unfortunately is what's going to happen a lot this episode because a lot of the think pieces reference Beyonce because, like, she... That was the, like, really big start of Taylor's career. Involving right. Beyonce. Involving directly. Beyonce. People don't mean to pit them against each other in all of these essays, but they do because, like, I guess Taylor Swift what is what is to white women as Beyonce is to 
everyone. I think, like, it's weird, like, Beyonce and Taylor Swift are almost only comparable to each other because, like, who else is as big of a sensation as Beyonce and Taylor Swift? Right, they sell out worldwide. Right. Like, consistently, like, every album. Like, not that Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, I think Beyonce actually, like, especially recently, Beyonce has re- reached a level of phenomena that's not quite, that Taylor Swift hasn't yet. Right. Oh, shit, she's on, like, Prince She's level, on a like, different well. level, yeah. Beyonce is, like, one of the greatest yeah. performers of our time, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have complicated feelings about Beyonce, and I don't know if I, I don't know if we can get into them. Well, it's mostly just about how she's like a capitalist sweat dream. Oh yeah, I've yeah I've seen that opinion. She's like the ultimate bootstraps theory um, success story. But she really has done that. She has worked. I guess her so, way. but yeah, like so. I just remember like last night or a few nights ago, like with Beyonce, and I'm not like defending the capitalist sweat dream thing. I'm I'm more so defending like. Beyonce, like when Taylor beat Beyonce that first time um, at the VMAs, it was like a truly like was a shock because Single Ladies was like a very iconic music video and it made no sense that that they didn't give the award to Beyonce and like instead gave it to like a 17 year old. I guess there's just other black artists who I care more about supporting. That's fine. I mean, like Beyonce doesn't really need any of our support. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just, I guess I'm kind of, well, I guess this is a nice segue into just the concept of celebrity and part of the reason this is just, this episode is just going to be me unpacking, like, why I didn't want to do this episode, like, (laughs) as we do the episode. Incredible. (laughs) Um, But the concept of celebrity is really bizarre to me because because it feels kind of like the antithesis about what art is about. Yeah. It is um like a cult of personality. It's almost it's almost creating art into a this is going to sound wrong. And so I'm going to I'm going to qualify it right after I say it. Right. Into a political <laughs> force. Not in the mm. sense that art shouldn't influence politics, but that like art and, like, the cult of personality has created a whole new hierarchy of, like, ruling class in the form of celebrity that mm-hmm. is really bizarre to me and I have trouble grappling with. And so, for me, it it doesn't matter that Beyonce, whether or not Beyonce or Taylor Swift or whoever um, are good artists or not good artists, but the the, like, fact that they are famous, the fact that the the fact that we have the ability and desire to like analyze their lives and their personhood with such rigor and like and intensity kind of makes me sad because what is interesting about art is that it is made by everyone and that it is kind of universally experienceable and universally cre- creatable and i think the art the the existence of celebrity has kind of obfuscated that did that like make sense no that makes a lot of sense i i completely understand also like we put so much pressure on like what celebrities think um we as in like me the media like like to like the other day like taylor swift spoke out about the usps and everyone was like oh my god she spoke out but it's also because she's framed herself as someone who's very afraid to speak out. So now that when she does, it makes headline news every time. 
And so it's, like, weird to me that, like, now her voice, which everyone was begging her to use, is, like, overshadowing, like, people, like, like, John Boyega, who's, like, still going to protests and, like, doing things, like, actually versus just, like, sending a tweet. I don't know. It's a lot of, like, this performative activism is really icky to me. Being a celebrity and, like, being a celebrity and saying things is not the same as being an activist. I think that's something that we take for granted culturally, but, like, we, we, when a celebrity, like, speaks out against something, a lot of times it's because they have a platform and that's not nothing, but, like, the work that activists do behind the scenes is so much, like, bigger than what a celebrity does when they send a tweet. Oh, of course. It feels really pointless to be yelling at celebrities to, like, talk about something when you could be yelling at, like, literally representatives and senators who, like, actually define your laws and represent you as a person. Like, politics should be directed at the politician. And, like, I, I think the thing that that then, like, upsets me about celebrity is is more this idea. So celebrities have become a political force in that, not in that they, like, interact with politics, but they've, like, become part of the hierarchy of politics. Like, mm-hmm. they are almost politicians themselves, except for without any of the actual, like, power. Um, just, like, the facade of politicianness. But in doing so, they've kind of, like, disenfranchised us all from, like, art making. And, like, why do we make music? And why do we, why do we, like, sing to each other and listen to each other sing? And I don't know. Um, I'm, like, definitely becoming a hippie. (laughs) But we also have artists who, like, lament when they get famous. Like Kurt Cobain. Like, they're like, I didn't go into this to get famous and I actually didn't really want it. And Taylor kind of does that in her documentary when she's like crying like halfway through and she's like it's about so much more than music now and i get that like that's probably not what she came here to do like came into music to do but unfortunately like that just like is so i see taylor swift and i see all the ways in which like she's just like coasted by in her career and i think about like not that i want to be like a singer or anything but like if i ever like get mildly famous i will be asked to speak on anything and everything simply because of how i look and present and she never has once like had to do it and i think that's like what makes me mad about her sometimes and like her unwillingness and her like just like like huge lack of self-awareness um you see it in the documentary you see it like just throughout her career and it's not her fault because she, like, got into it when she was, like, 17 and that's, like, a huge thing. And she's like, I was afraid to have opinions. But the whole documentary feels like a debate about whether or not she should, like, have her first opinion. And I'm like, I, that's not the most interesting thing about you, Taylor Swift. And I would much, much rather, like, see something different from you versus this, like, very calculated version of herself for this documentary. I don't know. I have so many gripes with her as a celebrity and not like as a person, like as her, like her as a brand and a persona. And I think you're like, why do they even have to have brands and personas? Yeah, I think my my issue with celebrity actually has nothing to do with Taylor Swift or Beyonce for that matter. It's yeah. just about like why do like I think it, it it harkens back to like the the like broader question of why we make this podcast which is like why do we make things um like bitch why 
did you make that? Um, and so, so when we're asking the question, bitch, why of Taylor Swift as, as an entity, I think for me, it begs a lot of really interesting questions about why, why would you make the, why would you make that persona as a part of your life as an artist? Why, why do we want that? What is what is it important about it? What responsibilities does that carry? And, and, and the only answer I've been able to come to in like constantly thinking about this is that I just don't like it. I don't like celebrity yeah. and I don't want, I don't think it should exist anymore, but that yeah. I, there's nothing I can do about that. So I guess maybe <laughs> an inter more interesting question would be why, why does, why does Taylor, why is Taylor Swift, I think that celebrities are inevitable because with just like the music industry slash any industry that works with people buying it all across the country, like yeah. music is sold everywhere. People are always going to have that like, oh my God, did you hear? Like you have to know this. And it's like just a part of human nature that becomes like inevitable that there's like a whole culture around these people that like, oh my God, you have to know because they have like really good music. I want to talk about your question about like why this persona and I feel like for 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 Miss Swift it's like very clear why she does everything she does because her whole career has been super reactionary like everything she does is in reaction to how people feel about her and I think something that I don't like about that is because other so like in her documentary in Miss Americana like so, towards the end she's like as a woman in the industry, I'm, like, forced to reinvent myself and keep mining myself for, like, what could be my next album. And she's, like, mad at that. But my, my, my counterpoint to that is, like, well, if you keep making the same songs over and over again, that's gonna get annoying, too. And also, like, her decision to, to reinvent herself always comes from, like, an outside force versus, like, Beyonce and Lady Gaga and Madonna like all do that same reinvention thing but they do it because it comes from like an internal like personal place of like okay well here's where I'm at in my life now and I remember thinking like about Taylor Swift when I was younger I was like oh my god I can't wait for her to like get older and like maybe like when she's with one person I wonder what her albums will sound like I wonder like what her albums will sound like when she's married and have kids like I was like always thinking about like how her music will mature with her but I think that her music still feels like very juvenile and like very young like even her lyrics I love folklore it's very like fantastical and like whimsical and sweet and and like innocent sounding but like her lyrics still feel like they are stunted at age 17 because I don't think she ever like felt genuine in like her new persona each time because she felt like it was something she was putting on rather than like a piece of her that she was like taking out of herself um and I just think that like so like with blank space she's like well you guys all think I'm uh like I have a long list of ex-lovers bam here's blank space here's this like very meta thing of me oh you all think I'm a snake bam reputation like folklore to me feels like the most vulnerable which is still not very vulnerable. But like, folklore also has a distancing effect because she's singing from other people's perspectives. Like, she's, like, written folklore. She's written stories and she's singing them. And I'm just, like, waiting for her 
to like break down actual walls instead of like putting on a persona. There's a Beyonce Pepsi commercial from like 2013 and in it Beyonce's like seeing all these different versions of herself in the mirror and she's like doing their dance moves like their iconic dance moves and she's like singing and then at the end all the mirrors break and then it's just Beyonce like standing alone. At the end of the point is yes I put on all these personas but I'm still like one person I am still Beyonce. Versus, like, at the end of Look What You Made Me Do, it was all of Taylor Swift's personas, but the last one that is still there is the reputation one, which is still not Taylor Swift. It feels like horse girl listens to My Chemical Romance for the first time, and she's like, I'm gonna be this now. And it's like, when is the real, like, where is the real Taylor Swift? And it's not like I I need to know, but it's just like, she's so disenchanted by the fact that she has to reinvent herself, but like, You can reinvent yourself for yourself. But I guess what I'm saying is that, like, there's, like, Taylor Swift is never going to become the real Taylor Swift in the same way, like, the Beyonce we see isn't the real Beyonce either. Like, no matter how vulnerable Lemonade feels, Lemonade is not Beyonce. Lemonade is Lemonade. And Taylor Swift, anything that she makes, it's not Taylor Swift. It's the things she's making. And... Because they are not human beings, they are phenomena, there's no such, like, we're never going to get, you, you say you're, like, longing, longing for a more real version of Taylor Swift for, like, her to stop putting on, like, a fake persona, and the the only difference between Beyonce and Taylor Swift is that Beyonce's better at putting on a fake persona than Taylor Swift is. Neither of them are themselves. No, I mean, we're saying the same thing, you just are more mad at taylor swift for it because she has a lot of power and money at this point like she influences a lot of white women who listen to her and a lot of all of her fans like they still get the messages that she puts out folklore was like a worldwide success like she's constantly winning she stay winning yeah she stays winning but she's like if i was a man i'd get there faster and i was like where do you want to go faster like you're under 30 like doing all of this you're an incredible music and, like, artist you are so like what like they're how i don't understand like when the with the beginning of that documentary when she's like oh my god i didn't get nominated for my worst album <laughs> and i'm like ma'am like of course you didn't and also it would be record breaking if you did and i think she probably thinks that like that was gonna happen for her because things just happen for her in that way and she's just like fully coasted through her career like that i'm not saying she hasn't struggled but i'm saying that like i think i think like with taylor you can't talk about taylor swift without talking about like the whiteness of the music industry taylor swift is the god of white music she's the whitest exactly musician on the planet so she's the epitome of this discussion I can't divorce my feelings about the music industry from Taylor Swift because Taylor Swift is, like, the biggest part of the music industry. I guess maybe then, like, if if we're talking about Taylor Swift and whiteness and how Taylor Swift's whiteness influences the work she creates and her success, which it absolutely does, like, yeah. Taylor Swift's music is kind of mediocre. Um, like, I liked Folklore a lot, really but I still folklore. don't think it's... I mean, I listen to indie musicians that have, like, 600 followers that have better music than it. Yeah. Um, I didn't like folklore. Guys, I've just maybe never cared less about a human being. Right. 
Right. <laughs> That's I just valid. Don't, I, like, Which is interesting why so many people care about her so yeah, much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, besides the Taylor Swift trauma that we all share. Yeah. Like, I care about her as much as I've cared about any popular white woman I've ever met. <laughs> which is, like, not at all. You know what she reminds me of? Is it, can, I, I'm just going to yell. Like, like, yell, yell, like yell, little, yell like, do it, baby. It's going to be a little episode Yeah, this for is the your people. bitch time. Taylor Swift reminds me of all the popular pretty girls who were mean to me in high school. And you know what? I don't blame them for being mean to me because there's so many things in the world that tell white women to be mean to people. And that's fine. Whatever. I just do not give a single fuck about them. She's fucking rich. She makes so much money. She makes music because she wants to. And dates people and i just don't give a fuck i don't know anything i just don't care about her i just want her to i just don't care about her like i want her to just go live in her house and do her own thing retire and and, or not retire i just don't want to i just don't i just don't give a fuck about taylor swift i I just don't care about taylor swift so much do you want to <laughs> valid That's also, though like, so valid and i think like i also like don't give a fuck about taylor swift because i do give a fuck about taylor swift and it makes me mad that i give so much of a fuck about this white woman who just like rules the music industry that's the thing, though. I think that she is selling and everything, but the music industry is moving on a much further, like, a different path without right. her. Right, yeah, like, you see how Billie Eilish is so different from her and, like, came out like, at the Like, Taylor same Swift age. was popular, but she has to keep reinventing herself because her style is just going out of style. Like, we are moving on to more, like, electropop, more, like, just different stuff than that country Americana stuff. Like, and that's I- still popular in Nashville and Tennessee, but I don't know, not, like globally anymore and i guess like the iconic albums that have come out recently are doing so much more than anything like i'm thinking about another album that i love that a lot of people love i'm thinking about blonde yes um, yes which is an album that's just doing so much more than anything she's ever done igor and also igor 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 so like like, so like i'm saying i'm so, so what i'm mad about is this uplifting of this thing that's just like so fine like it's just fine white mediocrity it's just white mediocrity at its finest and like here's the thing is like but other people like have been new like they knew they knew already that like right. taylor like because when i don't condone what kanye did at the vmas obviously please never ever oh, no, anyone take this no i'm not gonna talk about kanye i'm just saying i understand now like looking back at this like anger uh, about like white mediocrity like undercutting like beyonce or black success because like you have like taylor one one for you belong with me over single ladies and then again you have like what is it like 10 years later 25 beats lemonade and it's like and one one the grammys the vmas like all these things are kind of in the same vein of like the oscars is like why do we put so much pressure on this thing right we shouldn't also the grammys are way worse at like judging than the oscars are uh and that's saying something um uh, but and that's on ed sheeran beating Kesha. exactly exactly so you ha- but then but it's like it's just emblematic of this thing and i i like like i get it now like i get it now and it's just like Folklore is fine. It was truly fine. And I don't like that, like, some white women, some young white girls' perception of feminism in 2020 or 2019 is 
the man song. Like, I'm just like, are you kidding? Because I remember I was on Tumblr when that song came out. I was on Tumblr and some kids were like talking about it and they're like, oh my God, like she's so right. Like she totally gets it. Like men are, and I was like, y'all, like I, you have, there's so much more for you to like learn. And I like, I just was like, this is not what we need to be talking about in 2019. Like this is just not the song. That's the thing is that, first of all, it is good that the people are being exposed to it through some means. Like, even though it's not the most in-depth thing, they are still, like, hearing it, and so they can kind of start on their journey towards enlightenment or whatever. But also, it comes from Taylor Swift not being able to talk about any of the politics that she wants to, like, or, like, has claimed to want to. Like, her management has always been very strict about we are not saying anything, we are being the perfect little girl, this is your image, this is what you are going to look like. And so... She's kind of having to grow up and educate herself along with her following. Yeah, like she never got to do it earlier. But I'm, and then right. what I'm annoyed with is like, well, of course she didn't, but you know who did? Like Zendaya. Like fucking everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else. Yeah. Everyone else at 17 who is in the same like pool of fame does like had, right. d- is not given that same. Uh, excuse of like I don't have to deal with this oh my god and watching her get so mad about is that Marsha Blackburn the the Republican Senate Congress whatever anyway her getting so mad and being like these are not Tennessee Christian values I'm from Tennessee and I'm a Christian this is not what we stand for and I'm like ma'am how did you take this long to like understand that and like i'm glad she does now but she has a lot of like catching up to do and it's like it is her fault but it isn't her fault and i think the way her persona and this is the thing about persona is like it's framed in a way that she's just like excused from a lot of stuff like and and like we just like excuse her from from that and then like the you need to calm down music video is basically just like using queer people and black people as like set dressing and she's the only one speaking in that video she's not really giving anyone a platform she's just putting people on display and so so then it's like hopefully one day she gets to a point where like that's not happening but i am like do you have like an actual like interpersonal relationship with a queer person like do you actually like know taylor swift is gay well Possibly. <laughs> I know she's not, but like she is. Because You Need to Calm Down is like a problematic song. It is. The way she minimizes homophobia in that song yeah. is really shitty for yeah. people who She's have, like, called actually... homophobia shade. Yeah, and it was like, oh wow, I feel so seen. Yeah, yeah. well, but it's not, but it wasn't for you. It was for her to perform that she is learning. But it's like, right. you don't need to tell us it was still all about her exactly it was still all about her it was all about the song was coded in a specific way that it could have been about her it's basically like another version of the song mean and then like she throws in a couple lines about being gay and then you're like oh my god it's a pride anthem taylor swift would have said microaggressions to me in high school I stand her employing all those queer artists, though, in that's the music what I mean. video. See, that's the thing, Nita. I actually have, like, the opposite problem with you than you do with um, You Need to Calm Down, which I think the music video is, like, I she employed so many queer people and paid them to do that and just which put a lot work. of queer art. And you, you say putting queer artists on display as set dressing, like, that's fine. It, I mean, that's not the greatest, but that is giving a lot of queer artists exposure and a lot of people exposing 
getting to see queer artists and be like, that's right. a queer artist. That's um, true. But I hate the text of You Need to I also, I hate I the, yeah. text the text too, but here's the thing, like, but like, why can't she collab with a queer artist? Why can't she like sing, like have a song with one? Is she so worried? Here's her other platform thing that she's worried about is like the way older women get pushed out of the music industry, which is like totally like a very valid thing to be worried about. But like, if you are worried about it, why don't you take older women, quote unquote, women over 30, basically on tour with you? Like, why don't you do that then? If you're so upset yeah. that like people, cause like she's worried that she's going to get pushed out of the music industry, which is why she's like, I have to win album of the year again. Otherwise they're going to, I'm going to become obsolete, which is like not true, but that's what she, which is it's dumb. dumb. I mean, freaking look at Lady Gaga. Right. She's not being pushed out of the music industry. She's choosing to go outside of it while also still employing like Elton exactly. John. Exactly. Like it'll tracks. happen like, to people that aren't Taylor Swift. So why doesn't she's she... She's on that level yeah, of fame. Yeah, she's, like, never gonna, like... She could retire today and then be fine for the rest of her life, but... Yeah, she's fucking she's rich! She's so rich. She's so rich. But it's like, okay, well, then, if you're worried about that, take take older women on tour with you. Collab with an older woman. Like, sing a song with one. To me, it's just, like... It's still centered on it's her. On, like, the song's still about her. The song is still about her. And it frames her as this, like goddess of queer celebration being surrounded by like queer people i don't know it feels just like the epitome of like white feminism so she's never done anything like bad for gay people she's never been like i am homophobic i hate gays like and then she has employed she made the music video and she's come out and like in support of lgbt and like saying she doesn't affirm that it just feels like she is growing really slowly and we are watching it and we're like, come on, hurry the fuck up. Get to the, like, get to our knowledge. <laughs> yeah, last night, Cameron and I were talking about the documentary and she's talking about like her values and stuff. But I would really love to know, and this is the thing of like celebrities and wanting to know, but it's like, if she was like those girls that would have made fun of us in high school... I wonder if, like, I would want to actually know that. So then she could be like, well, actually, like, I maybe wasn't, like, personally, like, homophobic, but I maybe grew up around some homophobic, uh, like, people, and those things, like, just slowly, like, seeped into my subconscious, and then that's where I'm coming from, so I'm unpacking a lot of, like, internalized homophobia. She talks about, like, her internalized misogyny in the documentary, and so I was like, okay, cool. Do you have any, what about the racism? What about the, like, what about the homophobia? Like, what about, like, because then it's not like necessarily an excuse, but it's more of like a working through it sort of thing. And being like, well, actually, this is why I was so slow. And rather like, then I was just so afraid of having one opinion that I just said nothing ever. But it like makes me feel like if she comes from this country place, she's afraid to talk about like anything that could alienate her from this like country thing. But like Cameron was saying earlier, like, no one in country really claims her anymore and she like still thinks that they do i guess like i think there's an interesting point that you're making in the idea that if she's going to perform growth actually seeing her do the hard work of growth would be interesting and valuable for her fan base yeah but i, think so. I don't know like like, something about the idea that, like, we're sitting here watching Taylor Swift waiting for her to become a better person, like, I don't... Well, don't you think that it reflects the growth of white woman 
hood though like yeah so you said and that, i guess yeah. you, and you're right because taylor swift does represent white womanhood and so she kind of is where white women are at yeah. um collectively um i just don't want to think about her like i want to surround myself with queer <laughs> artists and artists of color she had an hour 30 minute documentary to give us something i feel like the only thing i learned about her yeah. was the eating disorder a lot of it was so much like complaining about her life and she's like i'm famous there's people outside my door i i know that's not normal but i whatever Stop! we don't care about the, that it's so self-indulgent so she's like everyone puts me in these boxes of like i i date around and i have this beef with Kanye, blah, blah, blah. Like, these narratives that I don't want to be a part of. But she never addresses the context in which she plays a part in those narratives as well. Like, with the dating around stuff, like, I don't care. Like, I remember not caring when I was younger, too. I remember saying, like, I remember defending her to my mom. And I was like, well, mom, if you, like, track a 20-something woman... Throughout her life, she probably would date the same amount of guys as Taylor Swift. So, like, who actually cares? And Taylor Swift was like, also, like, why do you guys all care? But then she, like, weaponized that narrative and was like, okay, great, you care? I'm gonna make music music about it more so than I did before to capitalize and profit off of it. And also, I'm gonna put my boyfriend of, like, three months, Tom Hiddleston, in an I Heart Taylor Swift shirt and then make sure that, like, paparazzi is there to take pictures of it. It's, like, totally for the publicity. So, like, you have these carefully crafted PR moments. And she's like, but I want to be excused from this narrative. And it's like, wait, can you tell us, though, like, why you did that? Like, tell me why. Because maybe then I would excuse you from the narrative if you were like, well, I thought for a while I could play into it, but I also just realized I don't like that either. And, like, be candid about that versus, like, I would like no personal responsibility for anything that I have done and please remove me from the narrative. And the only thing I will say about the Kanye thing, because Kenzie and I already talked about it and we're going to release it as a bonus episode, so you'll hear all my Kanye thoughts later, is that, like... There are moments in that whole thing, there's, like, a 20-minute phone call where they're, like, very amicable with each other, and it's, like, fine, and they are talking about their personas, and she's, like, he asks her to release the song for him, and she's, like, actually, like, everything I do becomes a feminist think piece, so she's aware of that. I think it actually would be uncool if I released it, and people are actually gonna, like, get mad at me, um, and also I might just make your song less cool. And he's like, ah, you're right. But you do have an army of people that will come after me. He says this. He's like, you have an army of fans who will be mad at me for this lyric. And she's like, it's fine. Like, I'll tell them it's fine. So throughout this, like, years of this feud, yes, what Kanye did at the beginning was, like, bad. He also did bad things again. And then that music video was, like, uncalled for. But my my point is... There are also moments she's still profiting, she's still profiting off, of off of this. So is he. She again, like with the dating thing, like there's moments where she plays into these narratives and like profits off of them, makes money off of them, and then asks to not have any responsibility in them. And like I don't know of any other celebrity that is like, wait, please don't fault me for like things that I'm a part of. I think I just think that like Taylor Swift is just like emblematic of like white womanhood in a way that like really just like rubs me the wrong way a lot of the time like Nicki Minaj tweeted in 2015 when she wasn't nominated for the Anaconda music video and it was like three men Taylor Swift for bad blood 
and then Beyonce for 7-Eleven. And Nicki Minaj says, like, if I was slimmer, I would have gotten nominated. Like, this is so emblematic of, like, what is allowed to be seen in the industry. But, like, people loved Anaconda and it should have been nominated. If I looked like a different kind of woman, I would have been. And then Taylor responds with, like, uh, I've done nothing but, like, love and support you. Maybe one of the guys took your spot. And so she's like, she's like, it's unlike you to pit women against each other. And it's like, ma'am, that was not the point of what Nicki Minaj said. And you fully just like invalidated everything she said by saying, don't make women be mean to each other. That's not what she was trying to do. She was trying to like make a point about like body positivity. Like, I mean, I feel like what I've learned about Taylor Swift is that she's just like, boring white lady she is boring literally yeah <laughs> that's uh, yeah. i mean like she she does things that queer artists and artists of color can't get away with and she she like wants to just like live her life but she has too much of a platform to do that responsibly so she like ends up embroiled in all this shit but then like wants to not be embroiled on all this shit but like that is like what her life is and she can't get out of that and so we're kind of all victims of her boringness, <laughs> of her, like, inability to, like, like give enough of a fuck about people around her to, like, do something interesting or to give enough fuck about herself to not embroil herself in this drama she doesn't want to be a part of or to give enough of a fuck about the, the drama to, like, actually, like, go wholeheartedly into it. I mean, she said she's achieved, like, all she wanted to when she got that second Grammy. She right, but like, then she was oh, like, shit. why didn't I get nominated a third time? And I was like, you're not Stevie Wonder. Like, you're not. Yeah. And it's fine that she's not. She doesn't have to be. But, like, to it just felt so gross to me that she, like, really expected that. But it's because she'd had it so easy leading up to it. I mean, I think it's weird that she decided to film it because it's like, I don't know, like... Here's the thing. I would probably cry if I didn't get nominated for a Grammy when I thought I was gonna. Like, I'd probably cry. Like, why not? Because she's just, like, a boring white lady who cries about things. And as as we are all, we all have an inner boring white lady who cries That's about tea. things that are dumb. I don't know why she filmed it. To to make us feel bad for her. I mean, a conclusion that I'm coming to that's kind of, like, subversive based on what we've talked about so far is that I think Taylor Swift is too much of a person to be a good media figure because she makes too many mistakes (laughs) fails too much at she's like not good enough at being a persona yeah to like actually sell us a good persona like i think you know what like i think beyonce probably is not at all like what beyonce is like but she's just better at being a persona persona because beyonce is a better artist yeah and and so i think ironically taylor swift's inability to sustain a persona is her greatest failing t that's correct and her boringness well and also like i think that's why like folklore feels the most like vulnerable because it's like so stripped down and so different and is not reactionary in the way that like everything else she's ever done has been like such a reaction like such a visceral reaction and it's homoerotic and it's homoerotic and here people thought that the song betty was hinting at blake like blake lively's new child's name because all the other names in the song 
uh, like, reference her friends' kids' names. I just thought it's so funny, like, how people were like, oh my god, Blake Lively, come out and tell us what your new child's name is before it's even born yet. That is not your business. I know Betty is canonically, like, not a gay song, but I've decided Well, right, so, like, you can decide it's a gay song. Like, folklore can be as gay as you want it to be because it's, you're listening to it. And it's kind of in the same vein of, like, the Daniel Radcliffe thing of, like, if you found something in this, that's yours. That's between you and the book. That's between you and the song. Totally. Like, that's fine. I think, though, I feel like this persona of this, like, wispy, like, white woman cottage core thing, one feels very, like, relevant because of, like, TikTok and, like, cottage core stuff like i feel like she just like kind of was aware of that and like used it yeah like cottagecore is such a queer thing because it's like what would it be like to live in a world where you only like live off the land i truly am like living on a lesbian farm right now living your cottagecore dream you are cottage yeah you are you are cottage we're trying to blow up on cottagecore tiktok right now i was about to say post some tiktoks yeah i don't even have to explain why cottagecore is like gay but it is gay and so, like, she... And folklore is cottage And therefore, therefore it is gay. And so, like, but I think she knew what she was doing a little bit. But, like, and so, again, totally. I, like... Oh, yeah, she for sure, like, knew what she was doing. Again, we just have an instance where she's, like, using queer aesthetics. And I obviously, like, don't think that she's gonna... I don't think it's, like, the same way as You Need to Calm Down because that's become, like, a capitalized... Like, a capitalized on, like, pride anthem. And I think that this is a much more quiet pensive album and it's not for that but i know that she was like i'm gonna use these aesthetics it's not like anything it's not bad but i am just like she knew she was using queer aesthetics you know what it makes me feel the way i feel about every time harry styles does that thing but he's like where he like snags like he loves to like capitalize off of queer aesthetics without coming out it's true he hasn't come out but he has been like he's bisexual i mean he is but in the same way that taylor swift is bisexual but i thought he had like some actual like lyrics about it but i would say that like harry styles i guess if we're talking about him as a persona it's much more in the same vein of like a david bowie than it is like a quietly queer baiting sort of thing like it feels like like, a lot of men in rock and roll, like, do do that. Like, that's, and that's, like, maybe that's not okay, but it's, like, a different kind of queer bait, I guess. Because I also think, like, gender and, like, well, like, so then that's, like, a different form of, like, his, like, I don't know if it's, like, gender expression for him, but he's, like, well, this is what I feel comfortable in. And that feels, like, genuine to me. I guess. Versus, like, putting on, like, a rainbow music video. I mean, I don't know. I support Harry Styles wearing dresses. My thing is just, like, there are things that she talks about in interviews that she has not ever mentioned in her songs. Like this thing with Scooter Braun about like her masters sell- like being sold to him and like feeling really burned by this man. And like the guy who like groped her for like, and she like sued him for a dollar. And then like her eating disorder. And she's gotten like really candid about all these things in interviews, but never in her music. And it's just interesting to me the things she chooses to publicize in music which often are centered around queerness or people like Kanye West. Like, why will you go after Kanye in your well, songs, but you won't go after Scooter? Okay, she does. I will just yeah. say that um, artists typically don't own the masters to their music. Oh, what Taylor Swift oh. went through is not, like, a controversial <gasps> thing. 
it like it's normally the labels have the masters because they are the ones that pay for the studio time and whoever pays for the time in which the song is made and produced owns the masters and like the thing with taylor swift is really interesting because she basically like uses this to get the fans to rally behind it and be like oh give her the masters but like that's literally not how the music industry works like what are you talking about uh, so it's kind of funny it's really funny that that happened but was it? I was going to say, we should find a nice white woman that is Casey Musgraves. Casey Musgraves. Casey Musgraves. Stan Casey Musgraves. She is Stan the most chill woman. country oh. artist. She has constantly fought for equal rights among LGBTQ oh. and yeah, brown, black and brown people in country Lord, music. Lord Stan Lord. Lord Stan Lord. Lady Gaga. Stan Gaga. Stan. Stan. She's done so Stan much Stan good Phoebe for this Bridgers. world. Stan Billie Stan Eilish. Phoebe Bridgers. Lucy Dacus. Dolly, Dolly Parton. Parton, Stan Dolly Stan Parton, Dolly Stan Parton. Dolly Parton. Okay, wait. Parton. Oh wait, Stan, Stan. Oh wait, fuck, Stan the fucking Dixie yes, Chicks. Oh wait, 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 wait. This is Stan. perfect because I was gonna mention the Dixie Chicks. Okay, in in the documentary, she talks about how the Dixie Chicks were like totally like like thrown out of the music industry for what they said. But what they said at the time, like talking about the president that way, was like totally like not okay then. In the same Watch way. Watch the Lindsay Ellis Watch video about protesting exactly the early because. Season. But until we had a black president, and you can talk about this all day long, so we won't talk about it now, but until there's a black president, it was still, like, really not okay to critique the president like that. And the Dixie Chicks did. They said, We're, we are um, ashamed that the president is from Texas. And that's what they said. And then country people were like, fuck you guys. And they were, like, death threats. Like, they were, like, removed from the industry. And the things that were said about them that they show in the documentary are so much more atrocious than anything anyone has ever said about Taylor Swift. And I just think that, like, her comparing, like, what could have happened to her to the what happened to the Dixie Chicks is just, like, not comparable and, like, a ridiculous thing. I, th- I just feel like the whole documentary, like, takes out a lot of important context, like the Stevie Wonder thing, like the Dixie Chicks thing, in order to, and of course, like, all documentaries do this, but it's like, I'm not gonna feel bad for you because you wanted you were afraid to have an opinion. And, like, that's my whole thing, I think, about Taylor Swift, is, like, I'm not gonna feel bad for you because you are scared to have an opinion. For all the times they showed the VMA clip in the documentary with Kanye, that not once did they show the part where Beyonce brings her back on stage because she gave Taylor her acceptance speech time. And that's, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And I just think that that's right. emblematic of just exactly all of the feelings I have about Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, I think the moral of the story is Taylor Swift is a boring white woman of all white women. And you know what makes her more exciting? Fan fiction. Yes. Okay. Let me Taylor. Let me let me end this episode on a. High. Oh wait wait so wait! I-, I listened to all of Taylor Swift and then I redownloaded Tumblr and then I went on to Taylor Swift on Tumblr and then I found the gay Taylor Swift tag and I was like, this is neat. And then I went on Ao3 and looked it up, <laughs> and so I read one Taylor Swift fan fiction, um, and in it, she lives in a werewolf commune. Like, she and all these people are werewolves, and they live in a commune together, and it's just, like, all these, like, women of pop, but also Harry Styles is there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, valid. (laughs) And then she and Carly Kloss, like, fall in love and bang, and it's actually kind of Yo, the Carly (laughs) Kloss rumors have been going for years. Like, that is, like, I remember that from, like, 2017, Carly Kloss rumors. 
It's a huge conspiracy theory. I mean, it's, I love that. I love it. I love the conspiracy theories about Taylor dating Carly Claus so much more than I love anything else about Taylor Swift. That's the best part about her. Actually, you know what? She's like Bella Swan from Twilight is there's, they don't, she doesn't give you enough. So you have to project project onto onto her. her. And yeah. we figured it out. No. And she also projects we're, we're and she it. projects personas. Also, Kristen Stewart ended up yes, being a Yes, and also she projects personas onto herself, like with reputation. Like she's just yeah. like playing at what it means to be a bad girl without like getting into the specifics of what that means because she doesn't know because she's like a blank slate. Girl, it's like all them punk kids who like put on all the aesthetics, but they don't know it's like against <gasps> authoritarian yes, government. Like, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. This one... Taylor Swift fan fiction was better than anything Taylor Swift has ever created. Was it like steamy? I think there was like one or two steamy moments, but the whole thing, it was actually just kind of a soft cottage for a werewolf oh, story. That's nice. Is it recent? Like, is it a recent fan fiction? I assume yes. I think it was old. Really? Was and it old. has the cottage core yeah. thing. I mean, it doesn't say it's cottagecore, but it's like they live on a little farm and they're all werewolves. That's so funny. So Taylor Swift turned into a werewolf? No, Taylor Swift was always a werewolf. Carly Claus had like just Wait, wait, guy, this is so funny because it reminds me of the conversation we had with Harry Potter about like werewolves and being linked to queerness. <gasps> queer I mean queerness and monsterness. Yeah, queerness and same. monsterness. Um exactly. Agree. Let's get Harris's hot take. Oh, right. Time for Harris's hot take. Harris, what's your hot take on Taylor Swift? Okay, so here's the thing about Taylor Swift. She reminds me of this girl in high school who sat next to me in chemistry, (laughs) and I was talking to her, and I mentioned that I liked men, as I do when I'm threatened by a woman who I think might want to date me. And then this girl was like now you're my gbf oh no i i was like oh that's not how this is supposed to go that was like the first thing she said so then i stopped talking to her for (laughs) for the end of my high school career but i feel like taylor swift would be that girl yeah yeah ballad yes feels like that harris you are correct you're so correct he's right Second. That was beautiful, Harris. Whoa, we just heard that. <laughs> Whoa, right. thanks, Harris. For oh your my hot God. I also just want to say that, like, she is a good lyricist. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve the fame that she has. She's, She's popular, popular for, a for a reason, obviously. Please don't come at me for like hating Taylor Swift. I have a lot of like things to unpack about my cultural identity and I'm still working through it. So I'm sorry if I came off as like as an angry brown person. But like sometimes like things like this just like make me really upset because I just see her and I see like all the things I can't be. Cool. Um, that right. was sad. But like the cottagecore thing, like I can't be like a wispy white woman fro- frolicking in the forest. I can't be soft. None of us can. I can't, yeah. Exactly. We we don't get to be soft and delicate and it makes me sad. Uh and like that's why Taylor Swift like makes me sad. Nita, can we talk about something way more important than yes. Taylor Swift? Yes, we can. What are you working on right now? I have been only thinking about Taylor Swift for 2 weeks. Um so that's what I was. <laughs> oh, you know what? This is not a thing that I'm working on. I'm actually doing a lot of things, but I don't want to talk about any of them because they really stress me out. 
I literally, like, my friend Alyssa and I got this face app, and, like, everyone on TikTok has been morphing their faces with, like, the characters from Twilight, but I have literally, like, morphed my face with every celebrity ever, um, and I just want to show you <laughs> what I did to Finn Wolfhard with it. my face and Finn Wolfhard's <gasps> face. That's sexy. I know. That's Lord. I know. I literally just make every- That's I just hot. Make e- you, that's Lord. That's me. That is that's me and Finn Wolfhard. I literally just make everyone look ethnically ambiguous, and um, I know that that's really problematic. But also, I need to show you Indy and Hermione Granger because I we really missed out. Um, as much as I stand, we deserve we deserve Indy and Hermione Granger, and as much as I like totally stand Black Hermione, this just like made me really sad because be, I like Indian look Harry. At this. Ooh, she's so sexy. gorgeous. Um, I maybe we'll post these on the Twitter so people can see what the fuck we're talking. Hermione about. has to be ugly. That's so. That's oh. T. Can I talk about how Hermione's canonically not hot and her being hot like truly damaged me <laughs> yes! as a child? She like is I actually ugly. have genuine trauma about that. Anyway, only yeah. a very Potter musical that's truly treats important. Hermione as she's supposed to. To listen to more Harry Potter, like fan nonsense listen to the bonus episode with Catherine. um to hear more weird takes about taylor swift uh listen to our bonus episode with our friend kenzie who is a huge taylor swift stan who's actually like very cool to talk to about this and 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 we just had a lovely conversation so that will be a bonus episode and that'll be coming out next week it's gonna be it's so, gonna be so fun guy what are you working on so tomorrow i work at a farmer's market at my farm and and I'm bringing a typewriter to the farmer's market and doing poems on request. And I'm really excited about it. <gasps> and so, like, for $5, I'm just going to write people's That's poems. That's so sweet. And I'm really excited. And then I'm also using turmeric to dye a bunch of my shirts orange. And um, I've also dug 24 vertical feet Jesus this week in total because I dug six four-foot holes. And so that's what wow. I think. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. People have been asking, um, because I think this is like a recurring thing now, but I think we need to decide if Taylor Swift is allowed to be naked. Yes, but not because she's valid, just because she's normal. She does not peg, though. Oh, God. You know who does? You know who pegs? Miley Cyrus? Who? Casey Musgraves? Casey. Lord? I don't think Miley Cyrus. Is Miley Cyrus going in the category Mm. of valid? Actually, actually. I was reading this. She had dread. She has oh, she been. Did? She has when? been problematic. <gasps> she had uh, dread. Oh, well, you know what? The thing about, like, Miley and her, like, comebacks not working were because they never were, like, they were all reactionary. And, like, people feel like this era of Miley Cyrus is, like, so much better because it's, like, so, like, performatively but is more genuine. And I just think that that's, like, interesting. And Kiara, our friend, uh, wrote an essay about it and sent it to me. And this, like, idea of, like, when changing your persona because you want to be known as something else, like, doesn't always work because you're just being reactionary versus, like, actually, this is, like, what I'm going through in my life and this is what I want to talk about. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. The Dixie Chicks peg. You know what we should link on this on this episode? We should link um, my Pegs playlist. Yes, we playlist. should link your Pegs playlist. We should link my good Taylor Swift songs playlist because I also listened to her entire discography. So that people know that you don't hate all of her music. Yeah. I noticed you said Speak Now was a bad Taylor Swift song, and I'm kind of upset about it's it. Like, but we're not it's like a lesser right version of Love Story. I just think it's fun to sing. 
it is fun to sing, but I just think that like <laughs> it's like just not as good as the rest of the songs on there. And I was like, oh. All pre-2014 Taylor Swift songs I rank based on how much nostalgia I have associated yeah. with them. And then after that, it's based on how good they are. And so basically anything that came out of after 2014 is like basically bad except for folklore. And then everything that came out before <laughs> 2014 is basically good. I and never really listened to a lot of Speak Now. Speak Now is the best album. My ranking is Red, Speak what? Now. Yeah, Red is fucking good. The whole group chat agrees with me. So red is I love red, red is fucking good. Then speak now. Then fearless. Then folklore. Then self-titled. Then 1989. Then lover. Oh well, lover in 1989. I think I would inter. I, that could be interchangeable. And then reputation. Did I miss any? No. Can okay. I say my ranking? Though? Yeah. Say your ranking. It's speak now. Folklore, Fearless, and Self-Titled are basically the same. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is just, like, F-tier. I, again, I have some nostalgia linked to 1989, and I have a lot of nostalgia linked to Red. So I think that's, like, where we I I mean, like, all the songs that played on the radio of those two albums, like, I can sing them. Like, I have a good time. but Yeah, I I know all of them. I, like, feel the same way about them as I do about, like, and we're happy along if you feel like happiness. Anyway. Oh, no. Pharrell? Pharrell? Wait. Wait. Cameron. Cameron. What are you working on? Um, so I just got this mic. I'm working on getting a camera because I want to, I'm going to be starting a, like, ASMR YouTube channel that's, like, gay ASMR. Like, I'm working towards that. <laughs> I also want to start streaming maybe oh, eventually I because I play, like, a lot of video games and I'm like, I should be like monetizing this in some way so those are things that i'm like going to be looking okay. forward to i want to get up and running by september which means i have a week but we'll see how that goes um if not then i'm like i'm just gonna get that started soon you've got so this. that's what i've been working towards i would say Amazing. Yay. okay let's yeah. let's let's finish this we're done um great <gasps> You can follow us on Instagram at bitchypodcast and Twitter at bitchypodcast, and you can email us at b.tchy at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at nita underscore thadani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I. And you can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River. <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram at Michael Camazon and on Twitter at michael.camazon. Yes. Uh, please leave us a review and rate us on iTunes. And uh, yay, all the resources referenced will be in the show notes. Thanks to our editor and co-producer, Kim. He's here. Um, and to our graphic designer, Jillian, and um, to all of you. Yes. Thank you for listening. Sweet. Bye, bitches. Thanks Bye, bitches. for listening. Bye, bitches.